0: Welcome to the Startup Grind podcast. Startup Grind is the world's largest startup community, inspiring, educating and connecting millions of entrepreneurs across the globe. These are the stories of disruptors, innovators and game changers from the fastest high growth companies and venture capital firms in existence. Join us as we unpack their strategies, learn from their mistakes and grow together. There is no time to wait, so let's begin. Welcome back to Startup Grind Global Podcast. This is Chris Jonu, And today we have a bit of a, a different story. Uh, this is the story of scaling an agency, a global agency, um, that's kind of focused on e-commerce but also does custom development and has a major fintech arm. And this is the story of Tyson, founder of Smart OSC, that has taken a business he started with his childhood friend and scaled it to over 600 people and, um, clients like sony paypal johnson johnson unilever offices in melbourne um uk us just everywhere and every time i'm talking to this guy he's added another 100 employees and and the you know the what i love about this and the reason i wanted to share this story was not only the how he scaled this business but also just the way he you know the retention he has on his employees because 90% 90% of his employees are developers, right? So super, you know, hyper-competitive market. You know, if you're thinking about the US and you're thinking about, you know, Europe or wherever else, it, it, you pick a city, you know, it's it's startups trying to, you know, poach each other's developers. It's, there, there's so much demand. So, you know, the ability to keep them happy, let alone scale the business the way he is, um, it's just, just incredible. And I wanted to kind of dig deep on how he's done that and his way of, of of growing business, staying as focused as he is and trying to maintain some sort of work life balance. Hope you enjoy it. Cheers. Welcome Tyson. Glad to have you here with me, mate. Hey, thanks Chris. Um, thanks for having me. Now, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm familiar with the business, you know, worked with you for some time. Um, but let's, I want to go back um, and so when you're young, mate, let's see how, how far back we go is, was there a mother or a father that was an entrepreneur? <laughs> yeah,
1: it's a, it's, a, it's a funny question. Um, now if you, if you go back, I mean, um, the background, you know, my family uh, really came out of, you know, a uh, very different uh, set of uh, backgrounds. So they were both, you know, working for the government, uh, mostly like every other family back then. So no, I, I don't have anyone
0: that's kind of like, more like the entrepreneurial, um, let alone it. Yeah, so was it, was it, was there like a? I asked the question because hopefully it takes you know people back to a, to a nice time when they can think about their parents, but also just to, to maybe think, you know, a lot, I'm interested in the question around you know whether an entrepreneur, entrepreneur is you know born or made, and, and, mm-hmm. and so I'm just gonna keep and tally, but so but was there a time you could remember when you were like quite young where you were? you know, mowing lawns or selling baseball cards or whatever. When's, it, when's the time when you think, you know, when you kind of started um, on your entrepreneurial journey?
1: Yeah, so it, it, it's um, it's a great one. I think uh, this goes back to the times that uh, I was in Cuba with my parents. And so they were truly working uh, there. My, my father was the uh, commercial counsellor uh, working in Cuba, representing, um, you know, Vietnam, uh, doing... Oh, wow. Uh, business in there and uh, we had like uh, like a small sort of like a convenience store um, you know if you go back to that that times I mean, people in Cuba uh, I think there's uh, you know a lot of things that uh, you know they didn't have access to mm-hmm. um, and you know we you know for, for some reasons I mean we were able to source some of these products like you know tomato sauce like you know rum uh, and, and very like you know uh, dairy, dairy food so I think that's how kind of like entrepreneurial um, journey went. So we're we selling this stuff day in day out, and that was kind of like my first um, interaction with you know customers. I mean, we would had um, anywhere from fifty to hundred you know, customers coming in, um, and uh, on, a, on a daily basis. Um, and I would talk to you know every one of them, um, trying to build a bit of you know business relationship with them. Um, and I was you know like just uh, you know I think around my my twenties, um, and I think. That's kind of, like, sparked, you know, a little bit that entrepreneurial uh, spirit in me um, back then. So,
0: yeah. And what, so you, your family had, like, a, a corner store or you were just selling this on the side I and mean, were you importing it from, from Vietnam? Where... Yeah,
1: so it's, uh, it's funny because, you know, we were just having, like, different uh, importers. So it was, you know, it was, you know, products that are coming, we're sourcing out of Vietnam or other countries, but it was also uh, other products that were sourcing in, in, in the country. Um, and we're just, um, you know, buying in box, um, you know, what you would, would call wholesale these days, but, um, and then we were just, uh, yeah, distributing as, as, a, as, kind of the retail, um, for the population. So, yeah, so it's a little bit of that and, and it's, you know, it's just, yeah, normal products.
0: And, and, okay. So you, you end up, you're in, you're in Cuba that, that, you know, your father's role, you, you know, you, you start interacting with clients. I mean, you, you. How, do, how does this, you know, get back to Vietnam and how does this journey begin with was Smite OSC? Was there a business in between? Were there any failures that you'd like to talk about?
1: Yeah, so I think, you know, and like I said, you know, when I was in Cuba, you know, and luckily I got access to internet. Uh, it was, you know, it's a bit funny because, you know, you, you get access to you know, internet in Cuba, uh, back in the days, actually, was uh, dial-up connection, um, and the, that was also another interaction with the sort of like the internet world. And uh, I kind of like self-taught, uh, you know, programming, um, and so started learning like PHP and other platforms back then. Um, there was one called OS Commerce, uh, which was you know very one of the early um, open-source e-commerce platforms, and uh, this was you know all self-taught, and I was starting to build, you know, first websites for, for clients, and I would just go to, like, freelancing websites, uh, freelancer.com or other, you know, similar type of sites, and um, yeah, I was I was doing that, and uh, once I graduated uh, from the University of Havana in Cuba, I was thinking, you know, what, what I'm going to do next, and, um, you know, after, I think, seven or eight years uh, living in there, which has been a great experience, I thought it would be just great to go back to Vietnam and see how things uh, were developing and, uh, you know, find myself a, a different opportunity, um, which back in the days Vietnam was being seen as, you know, a, a sort of like a, a booming uh, country uh, with, a, with a lot of opportunities. Um, and so I thought, you know, why, why would we just go back and you know, see where the opportunity is in the country? So um, that's the reason for me to go back.
0: And, and then so... Um, I'm guessing it was it was pretty good pretty good money when you started this freelancing stuff I remember when people early, you know early wanted sites and nobody knew how to build them uh, I, I was that was my business as well right and it was, the, right. it was essentially taking themes from like theme forest or something like that and, right, and- right. Okay. Hacking them together.
1: Yeah, I still remember my first my, my first gig, um, and that yeah. was building a website, like, a, like an e-commerce website for a client based out of Miami. Uh, and we're still friends. Uh, and, and so I spent about a month, um, you know, just just hacking around the code and, and fixing the themes and like very little things. And I remember, um, you know, it was like uh, around a hundred bucks uh, for like a month's worth of work. Um, and to me, that was great. You know, like I, I had you know, very little costs cost, living costs obviously very low. So um, that, that was really great. Uh, I still remember that first gig that I did. Yeah. yeah. you're right.
0: And and then so when you when you get back to Vietnam, was it was was smart OSC the first thing you started or was there anything in between? Um no, so I think uh, so 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 when I came back to Vietnam,
1: uh, so you know, naturally because my parents were working for the government, um, you know, they sort of like you know wanted me to follow. Follow suit and, and you know follow the career path as well. So they put me uh, in uh, to work for the government. Um, I was working for the Ministry of Trade and Industry. It was a government uh, agency, and I uh, I spent there uh, two years. I mean it was it was, uh, it was a great experience. It was just wasn't you know sort of like like wasn't for me, but it was uh, a great learning uh, time for me. And then, um, yeah, I mean, once I, I finished that job, was um, you know when I started thinking, you know, why why don't I just create something, um, you know, new and, and just you know work for myself? Um, and uh, a lot of my friends back then was working within some sort of like you know IT related stuff, and uh, that's where I founded Smart IC. So yeah, there was these two years where I was working for the government, and then you know founded the company.
0: Okay. So let, let let I know a little bit about the story. Let's see see if I get it right. So, you, st- you started with a, f- a friend, though, right? There was another there was another guy. Yeah.
1: So my my childhood friend, uh, his name is Hugh. Uh, you know, we, we both knew each other. Um, you know, since we were like six seven years old, um, and uh, we're neighbors. And uh, I remember he having this uh, three eight six computer. I'm not sure if you remember those uh, those days. So he had a, a three eight six uh, Intel. Uh, computer. And, uh, you know, as a kid, I was like amazed. I mean, we would just go to um, to his house and, you know, play games together. Um, and that was kind of like my first approach to interaction with with PCs. Um, and uh, when I got back, I mean, he also got back from Australia. I mean, he did his master's degree in Australia. So we, we got back and he had a stage job as well. Um, and we were both kind of like, you know, uh, we just uh, wanted to quit.
0: Our day job, we were
1: both tired of what we were doing. Um, we just didn't have any fun. And we thought, you know, why don't we just do something together? And uh, he looked at what, what I was doing. He um, was like, what, what are you doing? And um, I was like, you know, I, I'm just developing a bunch of websites. And I, still, I was still doing some freelancing work, building like little websites. Um, and the first thing he said to me, I remember, was, you know, why don't we just hire someone you know, to to, to scale and, uh, and and do this, and we can focus on hiring people and focus on business development. And I thought, well, it sounds like a plan, and that's how we started the company.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, this is a, this is the this is um, where you're, you know you're a bit of a remarkable guy, right? Because it's a completely different skill set to be like technical and then also be a good salesperson. So I'm assuming maybe working in the the shop in Havana had a little bit of of helping hand with how to kind of do the, the, the pitching and the selling. Yeah, correct. You're
1: right. So there's, there's a couple of things. So um, I think you have to, you know, if you, you go back to that context, there's a couple of things. So I have a, a bachelor's degree um, in foreign languages uh, from the University of Havana. So languages is obviously, you know, dealing with, you know, communication, um, is definitely one of the, uh, the advantages um, that, that's one thing and then the other thing was you know how can you um, interact with the client and how you how do you sell the products and I mean, trying to trying to sell um, I think in the early days uh, was something I learned so all of these soft skills around you know understanding the client needs not about selling what he have, but, you know, selling, you know, what the what client uh, really needs and wants. And uh, a lot of that comes around customer service as well, right? So, you know, when the clients you know, he, he like wants a refund or when, when they want to exchange products or what, when they're bargaining for price. Um, I think a lot of those skills were, um, you know, those were learned back then. So it definitely helped uh, a lot when we founded the company, but we just didn't realize back then, right? I was thinking, that, you know, I've never done, I've never sell anything kind of like, IT or e-commerce or websites, and um, definitely the, the, the skills when I learned is uh, you know shopping Havana uh, definitely you know um, helped a lot.
0: Okay, so you you're with your buddy. You he's like, look, let's let's try and you know get someone on board, and let's kind of we can focus on the business stuff. How does it how does it kind of evolve? And for everyone listening, you're now at what like seven hundred plus employees? Is that right? Yeah. So what
1: about more than 700 people right now. We're uh, probably going to uh, hit about a thousand over the next year or so. Um, so it's been a, a great journey, but sure. I mean, we, uh, I mean, it, it was started out as, you know, we just being a little bit naive, uh, thinking we could, you know, just just build a business and uh, we could scale from there. And obviously there's been a lot of uh, learning curve along the way, but yeah, I mean, how it started was just thinking.
0: You know we,
1: we, we could do
0: it I mean and, and that's how we did it and do you like okay so I'm definitely gonna be quizzing you on the scaling stuff right but so if, if I have it right you just kind of had a few magento clients and it seemed to be that was like really in demand at the, at the time or at least was it the was it the OS commerce what what was kind of got, got started and it was it seemed to be a bit of a hot area right yeah
1: yeah correct so this is something that we would call these data store, writing the the right uh, technology waves, right? But back then, uh, we just didn't know it. I think we were doing a lot of stuff we were doing with OS commerce. Um, and there was, uh, I think, I remember it was around 2007, so, like 07, 08. And there was this new platform called Magento that was kind of like a the, the new key on the blog, you know, cool things. And um, a lot of our clients were in OS, OS commerce and they kind of like hit this wall where they wanted to do a lot of the upgrades and it was just getting really tough uh it was taking it was very really time consuming wasn't scalable and and so we we tried to look at this new platform magento and you know we thought it was cool i remember trying the first versions of magento um, and there was still a bug on the checkout and you know we we took that bet of like hey you know it, it looks like a great platform with, with you know a couple of bucks but we could just migrate the you know, first few clients and you know, see how it goes. And uh, it turns out to be you know a great platform. And uh, I think around you know, 2000, 2001, I think that was where, um, sorry, around 2010, uh, 11, I think that was when the platform really picked up. Um, and um, we obviously grew with the platform. So growing from, I remember about, yeah, 30, 40 people, to you know, like more uh, than hundred people. So you know, we we took that first um, growth curve with uh, with Magenta back in the days. Yeah.
0: All right. So I gotta I gotta dig into this because it's like I think a lot of what is your what is your kind of secret to scaling? Right. Like I I mean, is it. Um, How how do you look at it? Is it is it like a financial thing, or is is it like you know I've got more business than I can handle? I need to recruit. When do you make in the call to like at least early on, right? Um, To put the next person on, to put the next person on, um, without putting too much strain on the business, too much strain on cash flow, or were you always just chasing your tail a bit? Yeah, it's it's a
1: you know it's an interesting question because. Back in the days, was the same, uh, you know, question that we kept asking ourselves: I mean, how do we, how do we grow from here? Um, and if you look at, you know, smart I see, I mean, for the last, I mean, this has been around for fifteen years, and it's been, um, you know, self-bootstrapped. So we never had, it's like a, uh, an outside investor. Um, and you know, when we started up, I think that the uh, the main investment was, was generally. And it was uh, it was a couple of items. It was, one was the uh, initial uh, fixed cost, like you know the PCs and computers, and then the other thing was um, salaries. Uh, I think those were the major cost items. Um, so, you know, we look at that, and we go like, like like how do we get how do we grow from here? And the answer was always like no, we need to get more clients. But sure, it's the chicken and the egg. I mean, you hire the people, they don't have enough work, they leave. Um, but in order to to get new clients or bigger clients, you need the people first. So you can't get it the client. And go, oh, you know, like I'm gonna, <clears throat> you know, I'm gonna recruit a project manager if we win the deal. Things like that, right? Which the, the client takes for granted that you should have it already. And so I think what we did was a little bit around like you know chasing after like you know new clients. We we kept insisting on like hey we need to find a, uh, new clients and then we'll figure out a way to. Um, to get the resources in before we sign a contract kind of approach right so um, because the you know the, the session we have is you know we have two problems to fix so we have a problem of finding new clients we have a problem of finding the people so um, I'd say if we would have focused on one problem let's focused on like finding the right people right so 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 we, we can't always you know firefight you know anywhere everywhere so um, so yeah, I mean, it, for me, it was let, let let's just find the client and then focus on one thing, which is finding the people. Um, and, and I think um, you know, up to these days, we're you know we're we're you know we're we're battling new projects like that, right? So we uh, you know we, we get in new clients, new projects, and then you know everyone's focusing on on hiring, on recruitment, on on delivery. I think that's the uh, the approach that we've taken over the years.
0: And, and okay, and so. You go from, you know, the two of you to 30 to 40 to 100. Like, is this it, like, is it word of mouth? Are you, are you doing marketing? How is this kind of, how is it like from a, um, or is it just, you know, knocking on doors? Yeah, so initially there's, there's a combination
1: of a lot of things, uh, like, like, you know, business development, I think, uh, you know, initially how we started was we um, we went on, you know the old days websites, um, and we were just posting on, you know, like just answering posts for people that um, that wanted to, uh, you know, build a website and have a certain need. But eventually, you know, these marketplaces, so to speak, um, you just got more product, product with uh, competitors coming from all over the place, um, and it was just get getting tougher to um, to find work in there. And so I think eventually we started to look at other ways to find new clients. So from, you know, going to uh, trade shows, I remember 2012 was when I first came to uh, Vegas to attend the first Magento conference. And, you know, it was just, we were thinking, you know, let's just meet people and talk to people. Um, And then I think it was that uh, plus, you know, knocking on doors, which is in the days was like prospecting, right? So we would say, I don't know, like uh, hundred emails a day, something like that. And uh, yeah, I mean, the, the response rate was really low, but you know, we tried that. Um, we didn't have a lot of budget for marketing, but I, I guess, you know, in the days what we did was we would just spend a lot of that money in, uh, in just traveling and meeting people. I think that's what we did. Um, because we thought that, you know, if we could build relationship, then it would eventually turn into, you know, they would eventually turn into clients or partners or, or something valuable. So. I think is is um, is double what we initially today. It would be uh, marketing. It would be um, yeah, then working events. Um, yeah, and, and sales network referrals, a lot of that. But um, yeah, and a lot of what we have today is through referrals. So we want to make sure that clients are happy, and then they introduce other clients. So um, so it's it's a combination, but um, referrals and. Uh, and I guess from you know events and the
0: marketing, I think um, you know those are um, really good sourced for us these days. Can I can I switch switch gears for a little bit, right? And and um, you know you've so you've got all these staff everywhere. You know, developers are you know kind of hard to come by. You know, and you've got hundreds of them, right? And right. so I wanted to quickly like just ask, you know, is this. Um, you know and you have got a great retention rate right i know that, that that like you keep the staff happy they want to stay there in a super competitive market right if you're in silicon valley it'd probably be like you know if people just jumping around getting equity do, you know it's a lot of incentives uh, whatever else to try and get the developers right and you've got you've got hundreds of them right so is that is that did that do you think that's culture do you think that's um I guess maybe it's a combination of it do you think it's culture do you think it's how you treat your people the the the, the ability to to progress how, how do you keep the people happy and how have you kind of evolved your culture <laughs>
1: yeah it's, it's a tough one i mean like, like like you were saying i mean um you know tech talent is hard to find everywhere um not just in your know, valley i think you know it's in, in, it's everywhere um and the market is just getting you know more and more competitive uh, so we always need to keep, obviously, you know, everyone happy, not just, um, you know, tech people, but, you know, uh, every other role. Uh, but, so i say based on our experience over the last 15 years, has been, I think, culture is definitely um, one thing. Um, so we created this culture, sort of like a, you know, a, a cool agency culture, um, whereas, you know, people can come in and have, a, and have fun, right? Because if you look at, uh, you know, most of our employees are kind of like a, a Gen Z uh, type so you know they, they want to have fun right so, so creating an environment that is that is fun to work with I think that's the first thing right so I mean everyone's having fun and then they feel relaxed um, they feel that they're doing something meaningful I think that's the, that's a good way to create a culture and then I think um, you know like, like everyone else I mean creating culture that um, that people feel appreciated uh, people feel that they're being loved, um, you know, and, and the work uh, is being valued by clients, I think is a is thing. But that's one thing. The other thing is, you know, you, you just have to create, uh, you know, an environment that is competitive. So, um, you, know, uh, the salary, the, the, you know, the salary, the, you know, the standards, the infrastructure, everything else. I mean, I think it's, it, it's, it's both things combined. Um, so you just can't, you know, focus on, on just culture. I think you also need to continuously raise the bar,
0: on you know training, uh, you know like leveling up the standards. Absolutely, absolutely. And then, and then, can can you tell me, talk a little bit about the kind of the you know the international um, areas of the business, right? So I know you got the you know the office in in Melbourne here. You got the office in the US now. Office in UK. Can you talk a little bit about the the growth and the and the challenges worldwide? Yeah, I mean,
1: there is a lot of uh, challenges when we went global. I think you know we went from you know being headquartered uh, in Hanoi, opening up an office in Ho Chi Minh City, um, which is down south and still in Vietnam, to you know opening up um, offices overseas. Um, so we started off, I think, uh, maybe closer to where Vietnam uh, is located. So we started from Singapore, uh, Japan, uh, going to more like you know, uh, Australia and then US UK um, and I guess you know every country is different but uh, you know they, like in, in all of this sort of expansion I think like globally I think you know understanding the culture uh, is one of the, the key um, sort of challenges you have to solve um, to know how, how, like because every, every market is different um, you know the way you you hire people the way you you find your key roles the way you work with clients um, you know they're, they're all they're very different. And so understanding that um, is one thing. And then you obviously have to comply with, you know, local regulations, you know, when it comes to the U.S. different, you test, right? I mean, you have to comply with, with the regulations to make sure that, you know, you create, um, you know, a competitive environment. Um, and our approach, you know, when we open up a new office is, you know, we have to be seen as a local agency, as a local entity, right? So we don't want to come in and say, hey, you know, these guys are coming out of, you uh, of Vietnam, and you know, they just just have a a rep office, you know, in in Australia or you know, US, UK, elsewhere. So, want to be seen as you know local operations, and to localize that, you know, you just have to to understand how you know locals work, so to speak. So that's what we did.
0: Um, can I can I ask, right? Um, because I don't want to just kind of give give the highlight reel, right? Um, I, there's never been a time that I have tried to message you when you were not able to like reply in, in 20 seconds, usually, um, no matter the time of day, right? Um, how, do, how, do you, how do you keep, you know, your focus, your momentum, you know, uh, how do you like, you know, adjust, you know, you know, stay sane, I guess, you know, how do you, how do you keep your mental health in check you know, as, as you as you kind of have to fight a million things each day? Yeah, no,
1: I guess, yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's, um, it's an environment that is uh, very um, high pressure. So you just have to uh, get used to it, right? In, in my case, which is, you know, I've got, you know, a hundred things happening uh, mm-hmm. at, at any time on a daily basis. So, you know, from, you know, dealing with, um, you know, an HR issue or, you know, dealing with clients or, um, you're dealing with something strategic or talking to you know partners and, and friends and people like yourself. So I guess is um, one thing is, you know, how do you, um, you know, how, how do you design your, your 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 weekly agenda? So that's what I do. So every Sunday I would typically design my, my own agenda for the week. So I'd say, look, you know, this week, these are the three top things that I want to accomplish within the week. That's what I do. Right. So everything else to me is a secondary um, uh, option. So um you know uh and that's how i start the week um and then during that week you know i just you know my goal is to complete complete these you know three max five things um that i do um and then so that that's one kind of like you know how do you design your agenda and then i think if you go into more details is you know how do you how do you structure the day right so what do you do in the morning what do you do in the afternoon, and then you know save some time for family and, and relax. So, you know, I, I watch you know, movies at night and I spend time with family. Um, so, you know, design that agenda um, in, in time so that you can, you know, when you have to focus on work, like when, when I focused on, on work, like I focus, not 100%, I focus 110 20%, right? And that's what I focus on, just getting the work done. And then once that's done then you know you can do some other stuff but when I'm, when I'm focused on something i like that stuff i'm laser focused on getting the thing done um and, and that's something that i probably i'm good at i mean it's just you know building that you know uh just, just just focus on getting things done so uh, that's how i i design my day and, and sure i mean i i must say that i'm also you know kind of, kind of highly highly available so you know when you can text me at any time of day um, and it's something you know that I care about. Um, and obviously you know, I care about you know keeping relationship with people um, that I work with. Um, you know, I, I will would try to answer the best way I can. Um, and if I if, if I can't respond right away, I will just let them know, hey, you know, can I can I get back to you, you know, next week or whatever. So I think is just you know knowing what is the what is the focus and what are the things that you can um, delay or deprioritize. Um, I think that's. What's a good way to do things because I've seen I worked with a lot of people that, that that keeps telling me, look, you know, I can't multitask. And to me, it's you know, it, it's just you know, what, what was the focus, right? I mean, if you if you know what your priorities are, you should be able to complete you know all of those instead of just just doing you know a lot of things at the same time and, uh, and, and not you know give it complete um, any of those. So
0: nice, nice. And then do you take some time to kind of reset once a year? Because I'm just thinking, when does this guy get a break? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. Um, that, that's a
1: great one. I think I, I've been taking, um, you know, a, a lot of uh, of time with the last uh, last couple of years due to COVID. I've spent a lot of time with, uh, um, for instance, you know, me. I do about 100 100 plus flights a year. Uh, but yeah, no, I right now. I mean, I I you know, it's much better than, you know, the years before. So I would try to take more like, you know, quarterly, like, mini vacation, you know, with family. I try to spend, you know, like, like over the weekend, I just want to spend, you know, just focus on spending time with the family, make sure, you know, they're, you know, they're taken care of. And during the week, you know, I just spend, like, you know, most of the, you know, five work days just focusing on, Know, getting putting work done so that i can really focus on family over the weekend and that's sort of like you know how i kind of like have this this balance and, and you know medium occasions but yeah no, i know i try to to go out with family you know every now and then and every quarter now it's kind of like you know taking kids out and you know yeah and that's what i do these days
0: all right and, and so a couple of things kind of just um so i mean what I want to get into the future of smart OSC and what your kind of the vision is, but I, I wanted to quickly talk about um, your investments and, your, and the businesses you're incubating and stuff. Do you want to just quickly talk about, you know, what does that look like? Are they always internal? Are you looking for external projects, but the, mm-hmm. the the kind of other things that are in the, in, in kind of in the ecosystem now for smart OSC? Yeah. So we, uh,
1: so as you know, we, 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 were primarily, we were primarily founded as, as an agency and a lot of what we do is still uh, very like services oriented and about four or five years ago you know we were thinking you know it's just getting harder and harder to scale um so you know we, you, you touched base on one interesting point uh before which is you know how do we keep employees happy now you want to keep the tech talent happy but at the same time you know we do have challenges around like how do we scale faster to accommodate clients' needs. Um, and if, if we keep being just like pure service business, then mm-hmm. it just gets harder and harder to scale. And so, you know, four or five years ago, we decided that, you know, we need to focus also on building uh, products and solutions uh, and not just services. Um, and so we we built a number of different products and solutions. Um, and uh, initially it's kind of like, uh, you know, like you said, like internal informator. Um, within Smart IC, but you know, we, we've had a uh, couple of external um, individual, like Android kind of like investors. Uh, sometimes we do invest in, in other businesses. So uh, we invested in uh, a CDP customer data platform based out of Singapore called uh, Ansomi. And they're one of the, like, the leading uh, customer data platforms in the region. Um, we've built uh, a connect, uh, kind of like a point of sale system called Connect POS. Uh, that is powering you know thousands of merchants um, connected to you know uh, uh, different uh, e-commerce platforms to you know solve these sort of like commerce channel uh, challenges for a lot of retailers uh, we have a uh, p2p platform that we build uh, for cycle um, so on and so forth so you know we we have you know these products and solutions we, we about a year and a half ago we invested in uh, fintech, um, we now have you know a digital onboarding solution. So we, we keep investing in new new products and solutions, uh, like I said, and uh, you know with the hope that you know uh, some of these products will eventually um, turn into like a unicorn.
0: So, uh,
1: but yeah, uh, we we yeah we, we invest in products and solutions as well.
0: So what what's 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 next, Tyson? when, when is it? Do we, are we going for ten thousand employees, and then you are going to go back to Cuba on the beach, or what? what when when do you, what's the what's the what's the plan? Yeah, no, I wish. Uh,
1: I, mean, I definitely want to go back to Cuba, but uh, it's um, you know still growing the business. Definitely, um, I think you know we have we have big ambitions, but at the same time, we um, you know we set sort of like a smaller milestones to be able to, to measure and um, and keep track. Um, so I think if, if you ask me maybe over the next three years, uh, what we want to do is, you know, we want to be able to work with uh, bigger clients. So, you know, we, we keep investing in, in new capabilities, right? And uh, consulting UX, for example, uh, would be one of the communities that we want to expand that practice. Um, so that's definitely one. So going, you know, uh, upmarket and working with, um, you know, uh, other the other big brands. Uh, that's one thing. So, building capabilities and focusing on technologies that, um, you know, the, the big brands are, um, are, are in need of. Um, then the second thing would be, you know, be where, where the clients are, meaning, you know, right now we're uh, present in about uh, nine different cities. Um, we wanna be able to expand that uh, reach um, so that, you know, we're, we're in more locations. Um, so that's the obviously the, the second thing. Um, and then, you know, be able to invest in, you know, uh, very, uh, you know, cool technologies or cool solutions. Um, I think um, that's the, the third thing. So um, we're independently on uh, We're growing at 40, 50% year over year, meaning, you know, we mostly double our size every two years. So, you know, we don't have a lot of pressure to uh, sort of like, you know, we, we don't need to answer, you know, to any particular investor right now. So I think it's, you know, it, it's, it's kind of like a, you know, kind of like, a, maybe like a, a relaxed sort of thinking in terms of what we what we do but at the same time very ambitious and very aggressive in the way we execute right and, and so i think you know as long as we're in control of our destiny and, and we can execute um what we want to think that that's happy and uh for me you know personally is if i if i can keep learning every day uh, that i'm in this company then you know, I'm I'm completely happy about it. So I think, yeah, personal goals and and organizational goals and if they're aligned with each other, then it's great. So, you know, growing as far as the learning every day um, and, you know, be able to keep that balance uh, and and mental health and uh, and keep family happy. I think it's, uh, yeah, I think, you know, as long as, you know, we can achieve these three goals, I think it's,
0: um, uh, I'm okay. Good, good. And last question, and a tricky one. I'm gonna throw a curveball at you. Uh, So, if you were to like look back, right? And I'm just, you know, you know, at the pivotal moments that made the business kind of, you know, where it is today and stuff. If can you kind of identify how you could do it all faster, or how how if you had to rebuild it again, what were the key things that you did that you'd you'd implement in, in business number two?
1: It's a, it's a tricky question, um, uh, but I would say, you know, a lot of things I wasn't, like back in the early days, like I wasn't focused enough, right? Uh, I think, you know, when we first started the company, first five years, I think there were a lot of distraction outside the company, outside what we were doing, right? So, you know, I was just a freshman out of university, um, building business for the first time, and I was lucky that, you know, that first sort of startup that I did, just, just out of university, just turned out into something big, but... You know we in the early days we weren't focused enough right we had these distractions and you know we, we were just um we just did have that that passion of growing um uh, you know quick and so i think you know if we were focused uh, you know back in the days then we would probably have you know uh growth much faster um then the question that people keep you know we keep asking ourselves you know where where self woodstrap business and you know what if we took in an outside uh, money, right? I mean, what if we had an investor that I've before that was scaled ages before? Would we scale faster? Definitely, yes. Uh, but I think, would we have the same autonomy? Would we have, you know, that same freedom? Probably not. So, if we, so it's kind of like, you know, these sort of things where you, you have to balance out and say, like, you know, we would have we would have grown much faster, but, you know, at the expense of probably not having the same freedom that we have these days. Um, and then, yeah, I think is. you um, is probably putting the the, the bets in the right technologies because you know every year we would would find new technologies to invest new solutions to invest in and you know we would made obviously a lot of mistakes on the way and, and that kind of like slowed down um and um it's only paid off and uh uh and, and the last thing i would say is uh investing in people um right because you know you, you know that um you know we early days i mean we were uh, probably because it's you know self-estrapped, that we uh, we probably did not make a lot of the bold decision or quick decisions in terms of like you know hiring people, um, hiring really good people. Uh, and I think that if we would take those decisions faster, then you know we we would probably have a higher chance of uh, you know growing faster. But at the same time, you know we we would probably fail faster as well, uh, which is good. Uh, which I think you know in these days when I talk to my uh, management team, you know the one thing I I tell them is you know you you just have to make those decisions like you, you make calculated uh, decisions and and, and, and t- you know and and look at the risk, but you just have to make quick decisions. Like you can't just spend you know months you're trying to figure out a decision and whether you succeed fast or you fail fast is you know it, it's okay because then you know what to do next. Um, so. I think that's, uh, yeah, if we look back, uh, I think those are probably a few items that I would consider.
0: Love it. Tyson, thank you very much for joining me. Uh, Really appreciate your time. And uh, yeah, all the best, all the best in the future.
1: Yeah, thanks a lot, Chris. And uh, yeah, looking forward to, uh, you know, working together soon. (laughs) Awesome.
0: Thank you for tuning in. To keep up to date with all things Startup Grind, visit us at startupgrind.com or join us at any event in a city near you. Until next time, chase the vision and keep hustling.